If you've got a few minutes to spare, it's time to get stuck into the rap. For the week ending the 1st of June, you're tuned into The Wrap, Australia's fastest technology roundup. And at the middle of the year, you might be wondering what we've seen so far. You don't need to look far to know that 2018 has been big for most consumer technology. Phones and TVs have made a big portion of that as companies have come up with value in each area. In fact, one might even call it the democratization of technology as phone and TV companies build great gear for all price points. Because that's kind of where we are at the moment. While great devices are rare, terrible ones are even rarer. And that's great news for consumers. This week, a few more devices rocked up, offering great gear for a great price. And it arrives from a brand you might know from growing up. It's Motorola, a phone company that was a little late to the modern smartphone world, but was there in the beginnings of mobile phones altogether. It's been bought by Google and is now owned by Lenovo, and the original Motorola even built the first iTunes-ready phone two years before the iPhone. This year, you're going to see something else, and it's four phones made for varying budgets. Three are part of Motorola's G-Series, offering the G6, G6 Plus, and G6 Play. And aside from the jargon, they're basically $300 to $500 phones, offering enough of what you need and a big screen body. But the one that grabbed us in our briefing was the cheapy, the Motorola E5. This is a $230 phone with a 5.7-inch screen and a fingerprint sensor. You're not going to get all the fix-ins, there's no waterproofing or a camera that zooms, but around the $200 mark, it definitely has our attention, and we can't wait to review it. In fact, phones like this are a good example of how it's hard to get something terrible for a low price. Back in the day, hell, it wasn't even that long ago, a low price often implied junk, but not so anymore. We saw some TVs this week that aim to prove that point even more. Hisense has officially launched its ULED TVs. And while ULED might sound like OLED, it's not. It's just what Hisense calls its LED backlit TVs. They still look impressive. Across the three model range, they all have 10-bit high dynamic range support for strong color, and they all have 200Hz panels to help with motion. They start at $1,500 for a 50-inch, and as you go up the range, you not only find more sizes, but other features like the color honing technology that is Quantum Dot, and better sound systems as well. Sound is critically important, as a lot of people know, and you realize just how much when you watch a movie with bad sound. It just totally changes the experience. Experience. It's like that with bad speakers as well, and that's an area where technology isn't quite as fair across the board. There are good speakers, and then there are lousy speakers. Audio is a hard area to master. One of the best at the moment is Apple's HomePod, and while it lacks all of the smarts we wish it had, this week it gains some more features, supporting stereo pairing and multi-room, meaning it can play music from room to room across different HomePods. It also technically supports more speakers not made by Apple, such as those by Bang & Olufsen, Bowers & Wilkins, and Sonos. But we tried getting our Sonos to work with the HomePods this week, and so far nothing. Maybe next week. We have heard Sonos might have an announcement then. And when the HomePod can control Sonos, we suspect quite a few people with houses full of Sonos gear will be quite happy. But we also want that HomePod to do more. We wish it would talk to more music services. We'd love it if the HomePod could talk to an Android, but it would be amazing if it could do other things like read your books. And this week, Amazon added support for its audible audiobook reading to its Alexa speakers, meaning if you have an Echo, you can now have it read your books to you. And 
if you don't want Amazon Speaker to do that, you can always listen using a pair of headphones and the Audible app, or you can just listen to music. This week, we've put the Beats Studio 3 wireless headphones to the test, and they genuinely surprised us. Now, we like our phones, we like our cameras and computers and TVs. Look, we're just going to say it. We love technology. But we also really love audio technology. And surprisingly, the Beats Studio 3 wireless actually weren't the bassy things we expected. That's been the case for so long for so many Beats headphones. But in this generation, Beats has clearly worked on balance, and it's paid off. There's also something else, because aside for the Studio 3 being wireless, they also support adaptive noise cancelling technology. We're also not sold on the design, with quite a lot of obvious plastic in the look. The Beats Studio 3 wireless are a surprising pair, pushing volume and decent sound at a not-half-bad price of $450. And you can use them to listen to music, or even shows like this one, which is now over. But feel free to listen to our outro, because you've been listening to The Wrap, Australia's fastest technology roundup. The Wrap goes online every Friday at Podcast One and Apple Podcasts, and we'll be back next week for more tech in five minutes. Until then, have a great weekend and a lovely week, and we'll see you next time on The Wrap. Take care.